scene. You get, get out of here. Hi. <laughs> uh, thanks for choosing church. I'm so glad that you guys, especially after Christmas and the New Year, everybody gets out of their routine, and it's one of those things where it's like you're kind of glad that it all happened, but at the same time, you're kind of glad that it's all gone. And ready to get back into some new routines. I'm Matt King. I'm one of the pastors here at East Point Church. And as Seth said, we kind of have a little something special for you today. It's this one little standalone sermon, and it's on Star Wars. We've called it The Faith Awakens, and it's the seven truths, or at least seven truths that are really taught about faith in Star Wars. And so I want to go through that with you guys today. Just out of curiosity, how many of you have actually seen the new movie, Star Wars 7? Great. How many of you have never seen any one of the movies at all, ever? Okay, spoiler alert. I'm going to be talking about it. Just so, this movie has set, I don't know how many records it's set, but I think that if there's a record that could be set in terms of a movie, it has set it. And the reason for it was is because it really is a good movie. It's a fantastic movie, even as a standalone movie on its own. But today I want to do, what I want to do is I want to go through this fictitious story that's told by George Lucas. And I want to talk about some of the parallels that are found in it about the true story taught in the Bible. Now, before I go into any of those truths, I need to talk about the most obvious parallel that there is, which is the force. If you don't know the force, for those of you who haven't seen any of the movies, let me describe it to you the way that Master Jedi Obi-Wan Kenobi stated it. This is the way that he put it. The force is what gives a Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. If you haven't seen the movies, you need to know that the Force is the central theme throughout all of the movies, whether it's one or seven and everything in between. Now, the Bible tells a very similar story. In short, the Force is God the Father who gave this power to his son, who then, on command from the Father, created all things in the universe, including the galaxies and us. But we rebelled, human beings, we rebelled. And so as a direct result, God sent his son into this world for only a short period of time. And while he was here, he used the spirit or the force, the power of God, to be able to then use it and move and go and do things. And what he did was he took 13 Padawans or disciples and he invested into them, 12 of which he actually empowered to use the force and to go about training other people how to use the same force. It's true. Now, one of the guys who was a Padawan of Jesus is a, a guy by the name of Paul the Apostle. I'm sure that some of you have heard of him. You can consider him like a Jedi Knight. Uh, he was that well-trained by Jesus himself. This is the way that Paul tried to describe the force to a bunch of Padawans that were in an outpost in Ephesus. This is the way he described it to them. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope 
he has given to those he called. That is, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Now listen to what he says next, and it'll be up on the screen for you too. This is Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power, the force, for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church, and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. What Master Jedi Paul was trying to say is this, is that if you and I as a Padawan are going to be able to experience this force, it is something that we receive from God and then we can use it to go and do amazing things on behalf of God. What is the force? It is His Holy Spirit. And with that, we're able to do stupid, cool, and amazing things. Even fun things. Like make people go blind temporarily. Seriously, there's this one story in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. It's in chapter 13. Check it out. Test me if I'm wrong. Paul, the same Paul, was trying to speak to Governor Sergius Paulus about the gospel, about the good news. But there was this guy named Elimas. He was a sorcerer. And he kept whispering into the ear of Sergius Paulus, the governor, don't listen to them, don't listen to them, don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. So what does Paul do? Use the force. Makes him go blind temporarily, shuts him up and gets him out of there. And then he ends up speaking about the gospel to the governor. If you don't think I'm right, go check it out. Acts chapter 13. It's true. Serious. So at any rate, there's a force. That's what we all need to know. And so now that we all agree that there's a force, go like this. Go like this. Now that we agree that there's a force, let's talk about some, some truths. Some parallels between this fictitious story of Star Wars and its movies and the true story of the Bible. The very first thing that's the truth about it is this. How you think affects your ability to use the force. This is a truth in Star Wars and it is also a truth in the Bible, okay? This truth is taught literally in every single one of the movies of Star Wars. In fact, if you were to go back and look at the first, uh, excuse me, the second installment of three, you would see that both young Luke Skywalker and in the first installment of three, that young Anakin Skywalker have been told all the time, all the time by Obi-Wan Kenobi or by others like Yoda. You gotta focus, you gotta have clarity of thought. This is the way that a master Jedi was able to actually harness and use the force for good or for evil. And keep in mind that the force is the source of all power, whether good or evil. And so how we think enables us or allows for us to be able to use or harness the force. This is true also of the Bible. Paul, Master Jedi Paul, wrote this to the church in Rome. This is what he had to say. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Before I move on to the other two truths, it is so important that everybody here understands. If you are going to be a, a Jedi for Jesus, 
If you're going to be the kind of person who is going to be a good Padawan and understand what it means to really use the Holy Spirit within your life, it requires that you and I allow God to change the way that we think. If we are not focused and clear about who our master is and who we are not, the force is really going to be powerless within us. Got it? I did one of these. Okay. Now, the next two truths actually go together. Truth two and truth three. So let me put them up together and then we're going to unpack them together. Number two is don't give in to your negative thoughts. It only leads to the dark side. And the third truth, parallel, give yourself to thinking righteously. It leads to honor and usefulness. Okay. Every Jedi Knight is taught to respect life. They're taught to use the most effective way in the least combative way in order to bring about peace, in order to bring about justice or equality. It is what they have been trained to do. How they're able to do this, though, is, again, by the clarity of thought and the focus of thought. In fact, the way that a Jedi truly experiences the power or the way that a Christian truly experiences the power with which to be able to do amazing and wonderful things for God is by having constant unfettered, complete and total access to God at all times. This is exactly what the Holy Spirit wants from us, is a relationship where not one moment of any part of the day that we are off running around renegade outside of thinking of him on our own. This is not the way that God would want us to be. In fact, the way that God would want us to, to live our lives is to constantly be thinking and allow for him, letting him remember, change the way that we think, we think from our natural way to more of a godly way. Now, this same warning has been given to us as Christians. And again, Master Jedi, uh, uh, Master Jedi Paul spoke about this. In fact, he spoke about these two forces a lot. What I want to show you is a passage that he wrote to the church in Gaul, or to the Gauls in Galatia. And this is how he wrote it. I'm gonna just read the first part of it again and then show you the second part up on the screen. This is in Galatians chapter five, starting in verse 16. It says this, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. This is what he's saying to them. Two forces inside of every single one of us. You're never free to just carry out good intentions. When these forces are at play, there is always going to be a battle. They're always there. Two forces. How do you get the force of light, the force of good to be something that's predominant in your life? You let the Holy Spirit guide your life by letting him control what it is that you think, just like a Jedi. Now, here's the next part of that verse. Galatians 5, 19 through 23. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of a life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Just stop for a second. 
ask yourself this question. The people who are closest to you, they know what you're thinking. And here's how. They know whether or not you've got love or joy or peace or patience or kindness or gentleness or faithfulness or self-control. They know whether or not you're angry and prone to outbursts of anger or selfish ambition or, or, or dissension or enviness, or if you're a drunk or if you're the kind of person who's always looking to just party and have fun. The fact of the matter is, is that the world around you, closest to you, you can't fool them. They know. And so does God. He knows whether or not you and I are really bent on being a Padawan, a disciple who wants to use the force for good. Why? Because he knows what we're thinking about. He knows whether or not we're allowing him to think for us, to put desires into our heart. That's what the Holy Spirit said that he would do. These two forces are constantly fighting. It matters what we choose to think about. Now, the next two truths or parallels between this fictitious story of George Lucas and Star Wars and the true story of the Bible also go together. This is number four and number five together. Number four, everyone matters, even those who are different from us. And number five, never judge a book by its cover, or Jedi for that matter. There are numerous characters in the Star Wars movies, if, if you've seen them, that are quite different from humans. I don't know if you have noticed that. Some of them are pretty fun, like the droids, you know, the, the R2-D2 and C-3PO. They're awesome. And uh, my favorite is the Wookiee. I like Chewbacca. He's just cool. But you know, it, there's a lot of different characters. There's a lot of different ones. And one of the cool things about every single one of the Star Wars movies is it always highlights how significant they are to the story. They play critical and elemental roles at the same time. And without their successes, there really wouldn't be any successes for the entire team. They're that critical of a, of a, of a story. And that theme is all throughout every single one of the movies. Now, when it comes to the church, when it comes to Jedis for Jesus, there's always been an emphasis throughout all time, not just within the New Testament, but throughout all time, there's always been an emphasis that God likes to use something different in order to get his work done. It's not always just guys. He likes to use things different. But one of the hardest things for the church to recognize sometimes is how God wants to use women. And let's face it, men, women are very different than men. They are. I don't need to go into all the details. All of you men right now are going, oh, yeah, that is so true. And all you women are like, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't mean anything bad. What I mean is that God made you different for a reason. God made you different because he wants to use you for things, much like he would want to use a man for things. And the truth of it is, is he's always been that way. And it's been a problem for the church. It's been a problem for a lot of people, particularly for a lot of men. Now, I know I've mentioned Master Jedi Paul a couple of times, but I know I haven't mentioned Master Jedi Peter yet. For those of you who don't know, Master Jedi Paul was never married, but Master Jedi Peter was, which is why it's fitting that we're getting this next piece of advice from him as opposed to from Paul. This is what he has to say, and I would advise every single one of you men to pay very close attention. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, and remember that Peter is probably writing this from having learned this lesson the hard way. You husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should 
so your prayers will not be hindered. Wow, every single one of us guys should be going <laughs> right now. And here's why. It's because prayers being hindered is the worst possible thing that could ever happen to you. Here's why. That's how you get fueled by the force. If you are not in constant access, if you are not constantly drilled into God, listening to what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, then you are running away and around on your own. And there is great potential for you to do some stupid stuff. One of which is, is to miss the way that God has chosen to use women. Things different than us and to use them to do awesome and amazing things. This is also true in the movie of Star Wars. Boy, howdy, Yoda is different. Have you noticed that? And I love the way that it sets it up. From the very beginning of the movie, when you see Yoda enter in as a character, they set you up to judge this book by its cover. All you see is this little green, big-eared thing running around, and it always seems like he's decrepit and worn out and getting ready to just fall apart, and he's fragile. But then a fight turns on and he lights up like a Chinese firework and it's awesome. Here's a little bit of a clip just to kind of give you a demonstration in case you haven't seen it. Watch this. Master Yoda. Count Dooku. You have interfered with our affairs for the last time. become more powerful than any Jedi. Even you. Much to learn you still have. It is obvious that this contest cannot be decided by our knowledge of the Force but by our skills with a lightsaber. See what I mean? That little dude can go off. Never judge a book by its cover, guys, gals, never. God has proven over and over and over again that he likes to use the unexpected, the different. Whether it was a little shepherd boy named David who took down Goliath, or whether it was Gideon who ended up taking out an entire army with very few people, or whether it was this little virgin Esther who helped save all of the Hebrew people, or whether it was a prostitute named Rahab. God uses different he uses it all the time, and it's such an important element for us to understand. And speaking of different and tiny and amazing, 
If you weren't here last week to watch Teresa Arndt's sermon, let me just tell you something. And I mean this in all seriousness. You owe it to yourself to go online and watch what happened. It was supernatural. It was amazing. And God did awesome work in my soul and in the hearts of so many other people. And he used a woman to blow my world up and so many other people. So trust me, God loves to use different. Not that it was unexpected that Teresa would do amazing, but believe me, it was one of those supernatural events. Amen, for those of you who are here, amen. Number six, to be a friend is to be faithful to the end. I love this. In every movie, we see the value of friendship and loyalty. We see it demonstrated in the way that uh, little things, little things along the way. We see the sweetness of the relationships between people like Han Solo, obviously, and Chewbacca. We see the sweetness of relationships between Luke and his droid R2-D2. And we even see it between R2-D2 and C-3PO. But in even more extreme cases, we see the relationship develop between people who were living sacrificial lives, like one of the, uh, the aides to Princess Naboo in one of the movies, sacrificed her life in order to keep her queen safe. A variety of other demonstrations of those things throughout the movies. Loyalty matters. And friendship matters, especially when friendship lasts until the end. And when you're investing into somebody and you're pouring your life into people, you want to see them grow up. When you're investing into somebody that's much younger than you, there's a part of when you're investing into them that you hope and you pray that they will exceed you, that they will grow up to be better than what you ever will be. And as a dad toward a child, and I know that many of you feel the same way, you would gladly see your kids exceed and excel beyond you or anybody that you're investing into, like a teacher toward a student. This is true in Star Wars, and it's also true in the Bible. Jesus has invested his life into these people, and in one particular story, Jesus is investing into hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And it's no secret that they're following him around because they're wanting something from him. They're wanting a free meal or they're wanting to be healed or they're wanting to be entertained. And they're following around thousands and thousands and thousands of them. And one particular time, Jesus is like, listen, if you really want to be my Padawan, if you really want to be my follower, mm, and he sets the bar high for him. And a bunch of them are like, hm, peace out. I don't want anything to do with that. That's weird. Oh, forget it. I'm done. And what does he do? He looks directly at the original 12 guys that were with him, and he flat out says, are you going to leave me too? You see, Jesus was interested in loyalty. And never forget, for those of you who are Bible students, in the Revelation letters, when Jesus is having John write them for him, remember what he says to the church in Pergamum. He praises them for their loyalty. It matters Loyalty matters to God. It matters to him that we stay faithful. It matters to him that we stay true. It matters to him that we don't get lost in our weird way of thinking and drift away. Because it's us who do that, not him. I know that there are many who are out there like me who think, oh, God's not faithful. And they've, they've twisted somehow, some way their thinking or allowed it to be twisted so that they think that God has actually done them wrong. God hasn't. We are the ones who go astray. And we have been warned by great men. 
Now, I can't give you exactly who said this next quote, and the reason for it was it's during the time when this was written, the book of Hebrews. It was during the time when Nero was persecuting the church and literally blaming the Christians for so many things. And so it would have been impossible for anybody to write a document and put their name on it without being hunted down and executed. So they left it vague. They don't know. We don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, but this is what they wrote to us as Christians, as Padawans. Quote, be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Are we faithful? Are we faithful? Are we making ourselves available to invest into other people daily and encourage them and tell them, no, don't think that way about God. Don't. Don't think that way about yourself. Don't. Are we allowing ourselves to be invested into? Are we close enough to other people that there are people who have the freedom to be able to say to us, hey, you're being an absolute idiot, Matt, or John, or Betty, or Barb, or whatever you want to add your own name in there? Are we being faithful to be invested into as well as to invest into others? Are you doing everything you possibly can to keep your heart from being hardened? What if you're not? What if you're one of those people and you're sitting in here or you're listening online and you're like, my heart's hardened. You're kind of getting through to me right now, but the truth of it is, is I'm still angry. I can feel myself being hard. Well, if that's you, then the seventh truth, the parallel between the Star Wars movie and the true story of the Bible might just be your favorite. It's mine. It's this. Number seven, redemption is always possible. Ah, I love that. Redemption is always possible. That is a truth that is taught all the way throughout every single one of the movies of Star Wars, and it certainly is a truth that is taught in the true story of the Bible. I love the depiction of how Darth Vader is the icon of evil. And I love how in the story, spoiler alert, with the last strength that he has, he uses it for good and he saves his son and he destroys the emperor. The icon of evil is converted. Hope was not lost, even though there were many times where it seemed as if there was no possible way that this person would ever change, they did. And that kind of a truth echoes in the hearts of so many of us. In fact, Master Jedi Paul was once one of the most wicked, savage, and evil individuals influenced by the dark side. And he used his knowledge of the force in order to hurt people, to kill them and harm them. I've done the same thing myself. I'm no Jedi. But I know that I've used my knowledge of the force to do harm to people. I know what it's like to feel like the chief of sinners, like what Paul called himself. I know that there are many of you who are here too that have been here throughout our Christmas Eve services and you feel unforgivable. You feel as if there's no possible way that God could ever redeem anything of your life and your choices and your decisions that would be of any value anymore, of any good to anybody. But the truth of it is that God says, test me, try me, believe me. There is no possible way that you could ever do anything that would make me love you less 
There's no way that you could run so far that I can't find you. I made the force. I can redeem you. I know that I felt this way. And I know that when I asked for God to prove to me that he could redeem me, he did. Do you need that proof? For those of you who are believers, for those of you who are already Padawans, trust me, he wants to use you powerfully. He wants to make the force rise up within you so, so preciously and use you to do amazing things. But for those of you who are in here who are thinking, there's just no possible way. Trust me. It's the gospel that a God, our God, would love this dark world so much that he would send his son to it and bring light and then share that light with whoever believed in him so that they would spread it to others. And the moment that you start believing that, faith awakens in you. And the force is shortly behind. And God can do anything he wants to with you, if you let him. Let's pray. Father, I love you. I am so grateful for the fact that you love me. That you have allowed for me to do all of those really stupid things, to think wrong and to act wrong, to believe wrong and to teach wrong and to do all kinds of wrong. And yet still through all of that, you've loved me, you've embraced me, and you've even created an opportunity and a place for me now to be used by you to do things that would help other people. I, <laughs> Lord, I know you know how much I love the fact that you have invited me I never, ever, Lord, ever want to make myself useless to you or render myself useless. So I ask that you give me those desires as you promised that you would, that you'd give me the strength to be able to choose you. Lord, I pray that my, I pray that my prayers would never be hindered. But I know that I'm not the only one in here, Lord, who's thinking thoughts and praying things to you right now. And so I'd ask that you hear all of us that you'd listen to those who are saying to you, I'm sorry, and that, I, that they, want to, they want to eliminate some of those things in their life that have been competing for attention. I know you hear them, and I know that you're happy and smiling at the thought of their soon-to-come change and the power that you'll give them to do so. But for those of you who are in this room and you're thinking, man, I don't even know how to start a relationship with God. I've been so far gone. Well, let me help. I'm gonna offer a simple prayer. It's just a model. It's just a few words, but... If you like the words, use them. If you don't like them, change them. But in your heart, I pray that you'd say this to God. Father, I, I'm sorry, I, I give up. I give you my life, I give you all my sin, I give you everything that I've done and I ask you to take the stuff that has any value and that you would build that up in me and the stuff that doesn't remove it from me. Please forgive me, please change my heart. If you don't change it, there's no possible way that I'll ever be different, so change me. And if that prayer is yours, you really do mean it. And I promise you that God is moving inside of your soul and your life right now. In fact, he said that the moment that you first believe, he identifies you as his own by giving you his spirit. So maybe even right now, you're feeling what it's like to have the spirit of God, the force move upon you. Lord, I pray that not one person here or one person online 
will walk away or move away from this sermon today and be able to forget how much that you love them and how true your story is and that they'd be drawn to it, that they'd wanna look into it, that they'd wanna seek out every nuance and every detail of it far more than they ever would a fictitious story called Star Wars. But as they see that movie, Lord, I pray that their heart would be drawn toward you by the parallels and truths that are in it that would lead them to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna ask you guys to stand. We're gonna sing through this one last song and then I'll come back up and dismiss this. I wasn't gonna mention this, but you know, these guys, gals up here on this platform, many of them, I've been here throughout the course of not just Christmas, but taking off this whole week. And so being up here on this platform this morning is really an exercise for them as well. And sitting down here listening and watching them from this angle over here, something unique just took place. For the first time, as opposed to sitting down here, I was able to hear all of you all singing. I just gotta say, it was awesome. And I wanna clap for you guys and for you. Thank you, because this, whole worship element. It's just a, such a beautiful part of this whole thing. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to a sermon and a message today. Thanks for sitting down and participating in songs that obviously make a smile break across the face of Jesus. Thanks for choosing church. Today, if you chose him to be your savior, I want to ask you to grab one of these. It's a new believer packet. They're by each door as you're making your way out. Grab one. We'd love to be able to help you get started on this new thing called faith. Also, if you'd like to take communion, it's available at both sides of the room. It's also available back in the back for those who have gluten issues. And if you'd like prayer, make your way forward. We'd love to be able to pray with you guys today. And oh, by the way, may the force be with you. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs>